Distinguished adventurers, welcome to not a normal episode. So here we are at the end of the year, at the end of 2023. It is the holidays. In fact, this episode is technically releasing on Christmas Day. So, hey, if you celebrate Christmas, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy all of the holidays. So because of that, instead of doing a regular game, I've got two of our four lovely players here with me. And we're going to talk a little bit about the campaign. And we're also going to talk a little bit about something that Jonathan and I did most recently. We were at PAX Unplugged. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit. But first, I wanted to say this episode, because while it is not a normal game episode, this is an episode of our, our show, our podcast, as it were. This episode is dedicated to Nick. Thank you, Nick, for being one of our patrons. We really appreciate it. If you would like to become a patron and have an episode dedicated to you, then check out our Patreon and join us there. We try to keep it incredibly cheap. We put out things every single month and we just keep it very, very light. And all of the money goes towards things like paying for our hosting and paying for character art. That, that, that's right. There's character art coming. If you, if you didn't know, there's character art coming. Yay. It looks really good. And things like that. Yeah, so check that out. But I'm going to, let's actually start with Jonathan. Jonathan, how are you doing and what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play El Torito, the Goblin Barbarian, and I'm doing great. I have a, kind of used all of our, all of my uh, synonyms for Diet Pepsi uh, in the <laughs> recording we just did. So I got a Diet Pepsi. It's fine. It's it's caffeine without. It's a little bit of caffeine. It's the amount of caffeine I need. Uh, I'll actually talk about some caffeine changes that happened at PAX. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and speaking of whether you have anything to say about it, because Jonathan and I were both at PAX. John has agreed to be the, basically the person asking questions because while you were unable to come to PAX, we're excited to be I'm here. I'm going to live now. vicariously through you with these questions. All right. <laughs> at, you know what? Ask away. But first, introduce yourself and tell us what you're drinking. Hey, I'm John. Uh, normally, I'm Zephalin, your Arcana cleric, but today I am your quote unquote air quote moderator. I was drinking a blueberry pomegranate black tea, but as Jonathan had mentioned, we had our Patreon recording before this. And I have drank it all, so I am it's drinking gone. nothing. Ah, all right. Well, we which I think might be a first you... for this show for me is to actually have nothing that I'm drinking. Usually, I at least have a water or something. Yeah, it's it's actually very odd. Uh, we've definitely had times where someone is just like, I don't know if I've got anything, and I'm like, well, we'll pause the recording and you'll go get a drink. Yeah, because go get a water. <laughs> go get a water. Go get something. But yeah, I'll turn it back over to you. Let's talk a little bit about Pax Unplugged. Yeah, so as you are aware, I did not go. Uh, it's a little bit of a difficult time for me to travel. But, you know, I'm excited to hear about the adventures that the two of you went on and had in your own little spheres. Let's start with uh, Jonathan. Before actually getting on the plane to PAX, what was the thing you were looking forward to the most? Absolutely, I was looking forward to seeing a lot of friends that I had not seen since 2020. Actually, the last time I saw a bunch of these people was your wedding in Austin. And it was great because it was a lot of our friends getting together, uh, having a uh, having an absolutely fantastic time. And I even told uh, one of our friends, Izzy, I'll see you in a month. 
because our plan was to go to Spain and have a little Europe trip. Well, obviously that didn't happen. Uh, and it's not like we haven't kept in touch, but, you know, seeing someone physically is, it, it's a different experience. So It's fulfilling. Absolutely. And so 100%, the top thing I was looking forward to was seeing a lot of friends, including Lauren. Yeah, I get that a lot that our wedding was the only good thing that happened in 2020 because it was literally right before everything shut down. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, I 100% agree with that. 100%. I did technically go to C2E2 after your wedding, but if I had to pick one, your wedding was super fun. So. But yeah, what was the thing you were looking forward to the most about PAX Unplugged this year, Lauren? Very similar to Jonathan, uh, seeing seeing people that I get to see in person incredibly rarely. I've got a more specific way to talk about that, though, because as far as a lot of the, the TTRPG community and the people that I, I work with or I see or I'm on panels with or things like that, PAX Unplugged, there kind of ends up being most people staying in the, the big, big Marriott down in uh, Philadelphia. And that Marriott has a gigantic lobby, lounge area. It's huge. It's got high ceilings. It's got a big giant bar. It's got a lot of seating. It's got easy access to a lot of places where you can pick up little bits of food and drink. And so it has kind of become the de facto meeting area for post-day, having had dinner, I'm going to go down to the lobby. I'm going to go see some friends. I'm going to go hang out for a little while. and. The reason I say that in specific is because while I had a, a fairly large list of people I wanted to make sure that I saw and talked to, the nice thing about those meetups is there always is a couple of people that I either know of or know through other people or only know as a screen name that you end up running into because eventually a, a lot of those people just come on by. So so same for me. I, I've been fortunate in where this year I've gone to a, a couple of other events. And so I have seen some of these people in person, but it it's never enough. You know, it's it's always it, it's like the two of you. It's I never get to see you in person nearly enough. That's like one of the things as we've gotten or at least as I've gotten older and I'm pretty sure the two of you as well. It's become less about what you see and more about who you see. Yeah. These kinds of things are just like. That's not mo it's not about oh all these board games and all these new experiences it's it's like this is just kind of like to be our hub for seeing the people that we want to see and share these experiences with yeah because uh, that's what builds the memories right like but I remember when I was going to my first gaming convention I was like oh I'm gonna hit every panel and see every new thing and stand in every line to test out this new video game and I'm like wait I got wait how long is that line nah works screw that <laughs> I'm gonna go meet my friend for lunch exactly. Yeah. So PAX Unplugged, it's probably one of the, if not the, or actually no, Gen Con would be the biggest, but like one of the bigger board gaming conventions here. Aside from like, you know, seeing your friends and stuff like that, of the like gaming and the announcements and stuff like that, what were you looking forward to or most excited to see coming up in the future there, Lauren, that you saw at PAX? Oh, okay. So a lot of my convention experience and a lot of my job, because I was there as a representative of Vital Champions of the Forgotten Realms. I go to a lot of panels. I was on two panels. That That's kind of, for me, the hub is I get, I'm on panels to talk to other professionals about things. And then I go to panels both to learn and also to support friends and colleagues in the space. And especially with PAX Unplugged, there were a couple of live play games as well that I wanted to go to, uh, two of which were happening at the same time, which uh, was frustrating. Which, which ones? 
so the Into the Motherlands game and the Acquisitions Incorporated game ah, were yeah. were overlapping. And so I went to the mother both of them were fortunately broadcast. So you can catch both of them on the VOD. However, I knew that the Motherlands game was was more likely to have less people in their audience. So I went there uh, because I was I was positive Acquisitions Incorporated was gonna be fine. I was also fortunate in where I was not the only person from Idol Champions there. The fantastic VMUs, who is our partner uh, talent manager at Idol Champions, was there. And so because we work with Acquisitions Incorporated a lot, it was important that we go to the Acquisitions Incorporated game. It was kind of part of V's job to go, and it would have been nice if I went. So we were able to divide and conquer in that case. And I I did Motherlands, and she did that. So I actually did not get a chance to actively play any new games, which is always, it always kind of sucks. And last year at PAX Unplugged was actually the first time in probably years, including pre-pandemic, where I got to play a game at all, and I was able to play, I actually ended up playing a little D&D with a, one of the home games that I do offline. But that's the rarity. Most of the time, I am either attending panels, I get a chance to walk through the show floor, or I'm talking with people and like half socializing, half networking. Now, do I have it under here? I did pick up a few things because I did get a chance to walk the show floor, and also oh, I got, let me I get, got a chance. Let to me get my loot real quick while you're while you're yeah, talking you about it. You get your loot. I just happen to have mine right here. I don't have a lot of loot because I didn't buy a lot of stuff because I didn't have a lot of money, but also because I was trying to be cautious. But I did come back with a couple things. I had a very lovely breakfast um, with Fleet, who is a game designer who I got a chance to play with. Last year, about this time, we did a, a one-shot charity game in where everybody who was playing was of Jewish descent, and we were all playing a Morkborg game, and it was ridiculous and fun and everything. So we've kept in touch since, and they've come out with this game called My Mother's Kitchen, which is a... My Mother's Kitchen is a solo journaling game about traditions, change, and cooking. And I'll let people see the rest, but so she was very kind and gave one to uh, gave a copy to me had promised me one for a while, and I was very excited. And not just because I've heard very good things about this, but also because it's got a soft touch cover. <gasps> oh, those are the best. Oh, I just want to hug this book. So so I got that. Um, I This isn't a game, but I've been meaning to pick this up for a while. Uh, they had a kid's guide to tabletop RPGs, exploring dice, game systems, role-playing, and more, which was written by uh, Gabe Hicks, Gabriel Hicks which oh, has been a book nice. that's been out for a little while. So I picked a copy of that up because I've wanted to not only uh, support him, but read through it. What I didn't get, ironically enough, so I wrote an adventure for Randall Hampton's new game that came out, uh, Little Game Masters, which is specifically a TTRPG. It's a very much like almost a simplified D&D, but like super, super simplified for kids, for young kids. And it's a book with the rule set and then an adventure or a campaign, I should say, that I wrote an adventure for. And I oh, got nice. a chance... Yeah, oh, I'm so excited. He had the books there, but they were specifically for, like, he only had enough for backers. He wasn't selling anything. And I backed the project, but, like, you know. so You got to gotta go through the shipping channels and, you know. Exactly, exactly. So, But I got a chance to see the book, and I got a chance to see the, the adventure and everything. But I wasn't able to come back with that. And then the only other thing I came back with, which 
technically I already have. So I backed the Session Zero system, which came out a little while ago. It was, well, it, it was kickstarted like a year and a half ago, and the PDF came out a little while ago, but the physical product got held up in shipping for forever and a day. Customs decided they wanted to hold on to it. And so all of the backers who were getting physical copies haven't gotten yet, but they were able to bring not the game, not the actual system itself, but some of it to PAX Unplugged. And so what I picked up was not the full thing, but part of the Session Zero system involves basically a deck of cards, which is ironic considering the, the book of many that's coming out, that's come out from Watson. And Watsi. the series that I wrote the, about the tarot cards of fate. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's lots of cards happening. And so this, basically what I got was a second set of cards, mostly so that if I ever was able to sit down in person with people, I could do stuff. And so it, it comes with a little booklet, but more importantly, what it comes with are the cards, which honestly, I, I have so many tarot decks just because of the art. So like I'm, I'm showing off to as, as well as I can to Jonathan and John, but like you can go look up the Session Zero system. The cards are gorgeous. And, and so that's what I picked up. So as far as actually playing any games and testing out games, unfortunately, no, but I knew that going into PAX Unplugged. All right, Jonathan, now now for something completely different, because you go to PAX for different reasons than I do. Right. So I go to PAX and I approach it like I am going to find a place in the in the free play area and play as many games as possible. That was sort of the the covenant that I had with the the group that I was with, which included our friends Izzy, uh, Blue Team, aka Josh, and a couple of my local friends who happened to be in the area the week before PAX. So they are people who do BGG. They've done Gen Con for, I think at this point, maybe decades. So they are very savvy. And this was their first PAX. So that's what we did. So we played a lot of games. And as far as games that, uh, that were newer, uh, we played a game called Starry Night Sky, which came out this year. And it was good. It was its art is extremely beautiful. It's a collection game. So if you've ever played like Ticket to Ride or Cleopatra, it's very much in that vein. Collect a resource, do a thing, and move on. Yeah. But its theme was was very, very pretty. I also got to demo the new Star Wars Unlimited card game, which is I think appropriately people have been calling it Star Wars the Gathering. Oh, or, <laughs> or, you know, Magic may the magic Wars. be with you, you know, all that good stuff. Mm. And it's it's good. I think some of the cards need to be tuning because our good friend Izzy absolutely demolished me with a Luke Skywalker Chewbacca combo that I won't get into how the mechanics work. But let's just say Luke has a very, very strong ability when he's attacking. I was the Imperial, so I had Darth Vader. He has a much stronger ability while he's not attacking, while he's not on the field. And I got these cool demo promo cards. Uh, so that's Luke. Oh, cool. And then there's Vader. Uh, so Luke was in his, hey, I'm a leader mode. And Vader is in a, hey, I'm going to come kill you mode here. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I got to see our friend Jen of Long Dog Dice. And uh, I picked up this gorgeous set. I can't remember which one this is, but uh, this is the D20 here. Yeah, it's very, I don't have a set that this, that, that is this light color, but Jen was unhappy with this set. So I got a discount. I also got a discount code because I was wearing a mask. 
and uh, which was Excellent. very, very cool. I also got a tarot card uh, from Jen, so that was cool. That's one of my biggest regrets. I was not able, because Jen was at a booth, and while I went to the show floor, I was able to get to most of the show floor. I could not get to uh, where her booth was. Right. So I'm glad you got a chance to go. I also played a game that actually came out last year, but it's still new-ish. It's called Ankh. It's, uh, it's one of the kind of genre of big miniature battler games or area control games. So these are the games you pass by. And if you see a giant like Cthulhu statue, that's one of these games. Uh, they're kind of based on an older game called uh, El Grande. And then Cthulhu Wars came out and kind of like established the system for, hey, big minis, simplish gameplay, but but engaging enough to be, be interesting. And it's less about the minis battling each other and more about controlling areas. And there's a bunch of games like this. There's Blood Rage. There's uh, Rising Sun, I think it's what it's called. And this is the Japanese version of this. Uh, this is the Egyptian version of this. And there are pictures on my Instagram of the of the gigantic minis. And what's your Instagram again? At Roadblock Actual. And uh, you'll see a bunch of pictures of me, my friends, and some of the games we played, which included this little gem. This is point salad. So there was a little bit of an incongruity on when you had to return your checked in games and when the hall closed. So you had to have all your games back. But you're like, Sorry, last checkout. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, last checkout was at 1030 p.m. All games had to be back at 11. But the hall closed at 12. So we're sitting there going, well, we kind of want to play another game, but but what do we want to play? So I go to, there were actually a couple of game stores there that had booths set up that weren't part of the like vendor area. So they were open after the vendor area closed. And so I'm kind of looking at some of the games and I see this and one of the very, very nice employees uh, is like, oh yeah, that's one of my favorites. I'm like, oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, okay. Obviously this young lady wants to sell me a game. That's fine. That's what she's here for. So I show it to my savvy buddy who's here and I'm like, hey, have you heard of this? He's like, oh yeah, I've heard it's good. I'm like, okay, I'm buying it. And it's really good. It's such a simple like game. You're done in like 15, 20 minutes, but it's like you make a point salad and that's that's pretty much it. It's like a drafting game. So like there are cards available. You take the cards and you just try to score as many points based on whatever is out for your scoring that game. It's it's really good. So yeah, that was my loot for uh for for packs and uh, I mean, we played a bunch of classics. We played Agricola. We played Carcassonne, which I got a little salty at. I had forgotten how mad Carcassonne makes me, and <laughs> and so all of that came 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 uh, came tumbling back, which was came fun. Fl flooding yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Although I and this was kind of the agreement of the table. Carcassonne is way better on like Xbox Live or the uh, or the uh, like whatever Steam app. It there are elements of Carcassonne scoring that is. A bit nebulous and the computer is better at taking care of that but but yeah ah. i got to play games with friends that i don't get to see often uh we got to have some nice meals out i want to say as far as food goes tom's dim sum down by the convention center has no business being as good as it is it could be the worst dim sum you've been to and it'll still make money because it's right there but it, it's fantastic it's really really good that's kind of Philly in general. Philly has no business being as good as it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time I've gone out anywhere to eat, I've been very impressed. And also, I make sure every time I go out to eat, I, I at least once go over to Reading Terminal, just right there by the convention center. It's it's basically a big, it's a large market. Yeah, it's so good. It's half touristy, half 
actual market. If you know where you're going in there, it's definitely a local place. Otherwise, it's just like, oh, hey, here's everybody. Here's everybody. But I specifically go every year because they've got a bagel, lox, and cream cheese place, which makes me so happy. And then I went to a place in there with some friends We need to do a, not a quick lunch, but like, hey, we don't have too long, but we do want to sit down someplace. And so there are a couple of little restaurants in there. And we went to, I don't remember the place, but it's towards like the back middle of Reading Terminal. And I got their their French toast. It was Hala French toast. It was, you know, I don't swear very often. It was the fucking best French (laughs) toast I've ever had in my life. It was so damn good. I was... S like plus has no tier business being French as good toast. as it is. So good. Like I'd never even thought of making French toast with challah bread and then just whatever the hell they did. It was so good. I usually go brioche because challah is just harder to yeah. come yeah. by. My red internal uh, uh, highlights were definitely the original turkey. I got their dinner sandwich sandwich once yep. again. Oh, so good. The, the Thanksgiving sandwich. I love it. Yeah. Herschel's, I've heard about that. Yeah. Izzy and I split uh, one of their Rubens. Herschel's oh, is great. So, Herschel's is good. Hers- Herschel's is probably the highlight, but uh, I will give a special set- shout out to Spataro's. They, ha- they were a cheesesteak place in there. Their line management was incredible. Like the way they handled just the deluge of customers, because we... Our Saturday plan, and this is a good one, if you're going to PAX or BGG and you're there for the Saturday, Saturday is generally the busiest day of those cons. So what you want to do, if you have any intention of playing in the free play area, that's what you're doing that day. That's just what you're going to do. So what you do, as soon as you get in, as soon as the hall opens, you sit down at the table and you don't leave. Your group now has this table for the entire rest of the day. Because if you get up, you're losing that spot and you're not going to get an, another spot back. So what we did is while uh, my buddy was setting up Ankh, uh, Izzy and I ran over and we got everyone cheesesteaks. That's one of the best things about this convention is that they let food in. So we got five cheesesteaks, like three orders of fries, because they were big orders of fries. And the way they were managing, because like like 5.30, this place was really, really busy. And they were the only cheesesteak place that still had cheesesteak. Every other place was sold out. So Wow. Well, okay. so what this tells me is, and, and uh, this was confirmed by our cheesesteak, it was fine. It was confirmed by our cheesesteak. They yes. were fine. Like, like they were Philly cheesesteaks. So compared to any other cheesesteaks, they'll still rate very highly. But as far as like the strata of Philly places... They were middling, maybe near the bottom, but still good. I got to say that they're, the way they managed the crowd was impressive. But yeah. That's good. And then... Because yeah. uh, that is the problem with Re- with Reading Terminal is it is it's, very crowded. It's like very close corners. And then yeah. there's a ramen spot that's like down the street that has been... We happened to stay in Chinatown the first, uh, the first time we were there. So we walked by it and like, hey, that place looks pretty good. It was really fucking good. And it remains really fucking good. And if you love Naruto... They have Naruto manga all over the walls, as well as a Hulkbuster suit in the oh. in their like waiting area. So here's how you can tell the food is good. I haven't been to Reading Terminal Market in like five, six years. I'm remember, I know all these places you're talking yep. about. Like the food, it's not like just some random restaurant. No, it's like you're like original turkey. I'm like, yup. yeah. You're like Herschel's. I'm like, yup. You're like that ramen place whose name I forget. I'm like, yeah, I also forget the name, but I know what you're talking yep. about. And you know where Philly wins out? Like, I love Seattle, and uh, the Pacific Northwest and Seattle in specific has lots of really good food options. But when it comes to convention center walkable food, there's good options in Seattle. 
Like, there's plenty of good places, but a lot of the time you're you're paying for it. It's it can be pricey. And if you go a little further away, you can find some some good spots that are reasonable price. The Philadelphia Convention Center within a five minute walk are easily a dozen different options, all reasonable mm-hmm. if not cheap and real good. Yeah, it's like just, the the it, cheese it, or everything is like appropriately placed. I think our cheesesteaks were like 13, 15 bucks a pop, but I mean that the but they're huge cheesesteaks. Fucking huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're almost at time. Uh John, do you have any last yeah. questions for us? Uh no, I think uh y'all kind of really gave a a broad overview of the trip. I feel like I have now vicariously lived through you, but if you either of you have any closing remarks, uh go for it. We'll start with you, Lauren. The couple little things that I'll bring up that were super fun. Of the two panels that I did, both were really good. One was uh, on Sunday, I did Freelancing 301, which was specifically a basically an advanced panel for freelancers. So not just like your basic stuff, but literally we got into uh, what to talk to an accountant about stuff. Uh, really solid, good advice that actionable advice. Let me put it that way. I'm I've become the person that really appreciates a panel that it includes actionable things that you can take away from. I believe that the VOD up is is up or around. I'm not exactly sure about that one. The other panel I did, I got asked to join in on and I was nervous about it, but uh, the people that were on it were were all people I wanted to hang out with. And it's, it was it's the best title of a panel ever. It's called Fight Me You Cowards, Now Kiss. And it was specifically about how to handle PvP or so player versus player conflict and fighting and or player and player or player and DM romance. And so because those are two things that rightfully so everybody is very cautious about. Mm-hmm. And so this was the specifics of this panel were not just a this is why you're cautious about it, but hey, you've got people who are on board. How do you go about doing this? And I haven't had that much fun on a panel in a while that still had actionable advice. Like, I think the only panel I can think of that I had more fun on was at PAX West. I was on a panel that was um, bad advice from great GMs, which is literally just like a goof panel. It was just a jokey panel, but it was super fun. Like, split the party. Exactly. It was basically (laughs) GMs giving the worst advice possible as just for fun. But it didn't necessarily have anything actionable you could take away from it unless you were unless you came to it being like, well, I will do the opposite of everything they said. This panel, not only was it super fun and super funny, but there were actual like, here's a specific way you can go about doing this and doing that and interacting with this. And this is why this can be good. And this is why this can be bad. It's super. I just had a ball. A friend of ours was able to tape it because it wasn't one of the ones that was live streamed. And I believe there's been talk about it posting. I know the moderator was going to ask everybody to make sure that it was okay. And I'm certainly okay with it. But if it ever if it ever ends up in a public space, I will let you all know. But those were the two panels that I was on. And I just, I had to talk real quick about that second one because of Fight Me, You Cowards, Now Kiss might be <laughs> my favorite thing. As far as specifically Distinguished Adventures bits in it, I, I didn't name any characters and I didn't name any specific shows or any specific moments because I didn't, I didn't want to accidentally like point at something, even though all my examples were good. 
But I was, I did reference a little bit of uh, Travancore and his his very gentle romance during campaign one. And that definitely helped with the, when you're a DM with a DM PC relationship and how to handle that. And then some of the other examples that I had came from other games that you'll just have to listen to the panel to find out. Uh, We're looking forward to it. And Jonathan, any parting remarks? One of the things that this convention did for me is it sort of affirmed that conventions, I think, might be okay with me because the thing that I did not come home with was COVID. So I got super, super lucky. And I think it's me too. I I took precautions and I think they were good precautions. I know, Lauren, you did as well. And that just really showed me that I can go to not the same convention schedule that I had, but Gen Con is now on the table for me. And I th- and definitely at Gen Con is going to be a more networky convention. I'm going to go to more panels. I'm not going to sit in, in as many halls. So it, that's that sort of convention is now opened up for me. I really do want to do PAX again next year. So and, and it was just so good seeing everyone. Yeah. It was good seeing you too, even though it was all for five minutes as I ran on and be like, ah, Jonathan! <laughs> I went to the zoo twice. We went with some friends on a normal zoo run early Thursday afternoon, and then we did the <gasps> Illuminature walk where all the lights were on, and we met up with uh, with Jack and uh, and Travancore Jr. and Mrs. Travancore and uh, w- what the the third the Kenny Baggins, Kenny Baggins the, third. the third. That's right. There we go. And so that was super fun. There, That's a wonderful, wonderful family. And since some of the lights weren't working, we got comped passes. So they're 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 going to go back uh, go back again. So uh, that my parting thought is it was super awesome. I think I'm going to do a couple more conventions in 2024. We're hoping that I might be able to do next year since my family is in the area and I can just bring the kid with me and say, here you go. Hang out with Mimi for a couple Bye. of days while Daddy goes <laughs> hangs up with his friends. There you go. And my mom would love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, those short-term kind of have a child for short-term amounts of time. Those could be lots yeah. of fun. I say that as someone who is childless and will continue to be childless, but is happy being Same. <laughs> all right. Well, I thank you all for tuning in with us. And we all hope that you have wonderful, happy holiday seasons. And we will see you all in the yeah, new year. Yeah, safe, safe and happy holidays. And we'll see you next encounter. Bye. 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 We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Jesse Florence, Forrest, a.k.a. StabbyQuest, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.